Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fuse Show. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Yvon Stoyanovich. Yvonne is a serial entrepreneur with 12 years of experience in tech with a focus on AI. He's a co-founder and CEO of Inari AI, which is a company building the hardware AI industry from scratch by delivering a new way of designing and using AI chips in the cloud. Welcome to the show. Thank you for invitation. <laughs> you bet. So let's, let's jump right into this. Give me an, an, um, an idea of what you're doing at Inari and also just a use case example or two. Sure. Yeah, Anari AI is a startup actually that is rebuilding the hardware industry from scratch by delivering the new way of designing, deploying, and using cloud AI chips. Okay, what does it mean? Like these days, like AI is growing exponentially. Like it's really crazy. Like every 3.5 months, we have doubling in AI model complexity. And with that pace, and also if we combine that with the hardware current status uh, in, a, in a sense where like the infrastructure is not really scalable to our needs, we have a really huge problem. And what Anari is doing is actually delivering the new uh, like framework language for hardware people uh, to be more agile, to be more creative with the like hardware design where we are capable of actually delivering 10 times like faster development cycle than like current approach, okay? Mm -hmm. Which is really crazy. On top of that, we have also Nari platform, which is actually a big deal, where just imagine that you have some kind of a canvas where you already have like some kind of building blocks of a chip where you can combine them. And actually from those kind of blocks, you are able to extract like accelerator chip that is focused on some specific like algorithm. What we are delivering then is actually something where also uh, besides like complexity in design um, development, there is also huge like problem with deployment integration and actually accessibility uh, for, for your chip there where actually we are putting everything in the cloud where it is now really easy for, for a bunch of like customers to actually consume our chips. I like to say you don't need to have like a Ferrari in your garage because probably you just want to have a drive from point A to point B with your Ferrari. And that's what we are delivering, like really the smartest like computation in just one click. And by that, actually, we are like redefining like industry where we are allowing like application companies in different kinds of segments from like a biotech, genomics, automotive, um, whatever kind of industry to, to, to have custom accelerators that are fully tailored to their own like algorithms, which is really crazy. Man, that's that's. Remarkable. I think that's excellent. I want to I want to hit on a little bit of the the spirit of Anari, and I, I found something on your website, um, Anari.ai, that I, I really uh, I really liked. And, and this quote is: "Our strength is the spirit that belongs to rebels. Rebels were those who decided many times in history that it's time for the change. Also, rebels are those who have to have to decide now what the future will look like." So, tell me more about like that's not an insignificant undertaking. Like to, to have that ethos. Like, I want you to dive in a little bit more, if you would, to what that means to you. Sure. There are a couple of really important points from that quotation. Uh, first of all, we see that future is fully reconfigurable. Um, I truly believe that tomorrow or even like today, 
artificial intelligence is the most important like technology ever that human like uh, kind will ever actually build there and with with that kind of uh, pillar we need to think how to support it adequately that tomorrow every single company deserves to have a chip for themselves okay today if you're uh, if we want to have that it's mission impossible because like all the toolkits all the physical like barriers that we have are struggling against you where if you want to create your own chip it means actually that you need to spend three four five years in creation of your own chip it means that now you need to spend like dozens hundreds of millions of dollars to create something that will be specifically tailored for yourself and then there is a huge problem with the pace of artificial intelligence in a sense where things are dramatically, dramatically like changing. I already like mentioned that quote, uh, actually that is a report from OpenAI from last year. And it means that, for example, let's say you want to create your own chip. Let's say in January, you start like doing some preparation, coding, et cetera. And let's say in three years, you develop something. It's a question, did you put all the necessary assumptions in January What's going to be your market need in three years from now yeah, that's with hard. a really huge pace there? Mm. This, is, this is really crazy. And we think until now, like chip design or chip accessibility in that sense was reserved to only big guys, like big companies that have like money, etc. And we believe that uh, democratization uh, should also happen in this space which is really one of the most, most complex kind of industry domains ever seen. Like chip is one of the most complex products ever built by, 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 by human. And actually Anari believes that like change needs to come um, from the ground. Like we need to help like individuals, like small teams in the hardware space to be capable of creating their own chip significantly easier with like a new energy focusing on, on business needs, like just like that. I like, I like to say, to share that analogy, uh, my co-founders are, are not maybe aligned with that 100%, but like 30 years ago to develop a website was like pain in the ass. You needed yeah. to develop on a really low kind of a level, every kind of HTML code. And then yeah. like Vix or WordPress came with all the templates. And now you're focused on like business problems, man. That, that, that's truly important. Did you actually create like specification of your, of your business uh, value that you want to create? And then you have like toolkits where toolkit is actually helping you to compose everything in a really smarter way. And we truly believe that something from like those kind of patterns, uh, frameworks should be also be applicable or, or should be also a point of, of interest in, in like semiconductor space. Okay, so help me understand. So help our less technical founder audience, which includes me, understand some use case examples of, of how this may be used either currently or in the future. Sure. <clears throat> For example, um, if you're a company in, let's say, I don't know, biotech or in gaming, okay. and you have some specific algorithm that is truly important for you, you created some, some AI, which is like really delivering you a, a big value there. Mm -hmm. Right now, your approach 
is actually going into two directions, okay? If you want to, 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 to run it properly, you can use on-premise like chips for yourself where you can use like big guys um, and general purpose hardware, which is not fully aligned with your own like algorithm there, okay? And in most of cases, what's going to be like a um, solution, what's going to be like the case is actually that probably your machine learning team will need to adapt to, to infrastructure where that's a bad like direction because like it should be like opposite. I see. Like infrastructure is just like a support for yourself. And that is crazy. And on the market, you will find just like general purpose hardware, like big guys are creating, I call it like bulldozers bulldozers where if you throw like a bunch of data there is a good chance okay they will collect some 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 points there mm -hmm. but there are, right now there are a lot of like uh, specific like uh, applications who are looking for like custom kind of solutions and then let's say you want to have some kind of a custom solution in that space oh boy this is <laughs> really crazy it means that then like three to four years of development tons of uh, like uh, money for, for doing that. And the problem is it's not your core business. Let's, mm -hmm. if you are in, in automotive or, or, or like in, in gaming, it's not your core business to create like chip that should like support your own kind of uh, workloads there. Okay. And we see uh, that things needs to be like changed there. Uh, and that's that's why we are approaching with with uh, this current like solution there. And also, um, I just need to add that uh, our team, if you are talking about like a quote there uh, from from our website, yeah, we are coming from a really how to economically uh, small country or small region uh, where there is no pedigree for like uh, big kind of companies or big startups, etc. And it's really unique that uh, we have a courage to, to attack really complex problems um, and to be really confident um, and really good in actually creating, uh, creating those kind of uh, solutions. Um, and of course, motivating others to join our journey there. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm wanting to understand a little bit more about AI and training data and specifically how that relates to human involvement and support. So uh, our primary business provides customer support to fast growing startups in a, a big segment that we've not yet tapped into is uh, working with with AI companies in general on training data. And now keep in mind, I'm, I'm certainly a less technical founder. One of the one of the things that comes to mind is like Tesla, for example, they're working on their self driving uh, software and they need a lot of data, a lot of feedback. So their, their testers are out, you know, compiling all of this information, pushing the, the button when the car screws up. And my understanding is that that's manually processed, at least to some extent, uh, by humans. So help me understand, like, where do humans get involved in this from, from like sort of a support and, and, um, you know, training data perspective? Sure. Sure. Um, maybe just to add that, like, if you're talking about like AI machine learning, like mm -hmm. you, you have two groups, like training and inference, like training is, is, a, is, a, is a place where you are doing like preparation of your data set, you're validating your machine learning model, like you are in the research area. Okay. okay. And when you create something, then 
okay probably you want to put that in in production like in your application will use this uh, kind of ai model to do some specific like workloads there and that second group it's called like inference okay Th those are like two two main like groups here um what is right now like current status in industry that it's it's mostly focused on like training where like big guys are educating about that etc but real deal is actually inference in two years from now like inference market will be three to four times bigger than uh, training market okay. and if we are talking specifically about the training for your question there um yeah <laughs> That's not so sexy uh, kind of a job as you can imagine there, uh, where uh, most of the uh, like activities are related to like preparation of data where you need to clean it to, to like repair it properly. Um, and I always like to say, always you have a hum human in a loop there. Um, it's, it's something where uh, we need to do it like properly because if you have garbage uh, we, we, in your data, probably you will get garbage after your like ML model there. And you cannot do like proper training segment. Uh, but also there are like uh, applications like uh, startups that are helping with this. Uh, for example, also our first chip or our first solution is helping also labeling uh, some points in 3D kind of structures okay. significantly in, in a faster pace than humans are capable of doing that. Okay, this is like specific kind of a problem, but still I believe like humans needs to be in that loop there. Okay. And then let's say you prepare your, your, your ML model. It's working just fine on your like test like data set. Then you need to go uh, in production. And then things are becoming really complex in a sense where then you need to squeeze every kind of uh, millimeter of, of, of uh, your performance um, to deliver the best performance, but also to optimize the costs. We are specifically, if you are talking about like general purpose hardware, that's not the game for them. Like mm -hmm. big guys are not good in the, in that domain there. Okay. And that's what we are like targeting there. Okay. So what, to help me understand what is inference as it relates to the, to AI, what does that mean exactly? You will create, for example, in your training, you will create an ML model. And let's say you're satisfied with the outputs um, in your, let's say, garage, everything is running perfectly. And then, for example, your application is doing some kind of uh, computer vision. Okay. You want to do like some image recognition. Okay. Uh, for example, your application will, I know, take a photo of a plant to, to extract, is it uh, like disease or not, okay? Uh -huh. And then uh, inference is a part where your application will call that ML model that is commercially or, or production ready, which is tailored specifically for, for that like problem there. And it's it's... It's, it's it's that actually it's the inference it's it's focused on that like production ready usage of machine learning in your application for specific algorithm for specific like computation i see okay golly it's, it's so fascinating and I, I can see this area just exploding like crazy and it's 
it's neat that you guys are on the vanguard of that. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. So speaking of, of that, so tell me a little bit more about the Wonderland AI Summit. I think that's coming up in October, right? Wonderland AI Summit, yeah. Um, I, I just also, I think it's, it's good to share with your like participants uh, here to share like the general general story about like journey of Anati and the entire like ecosystem. Like five years ago, I started building AI community all over the world. Um, and I created a community of more than 30,000 people. The reason why actually I done it, actually one of the reason was to, to learn what are the most complex problems in the AI. And from dozens of like conversations, dozens of our internal projects, we learned that one of the biggest problems is actually infrastructure. How to get like custom scalable infrastructure for your AI. That This is like a huge. We created actually Wonderland AI um, as a hub where right now we have like five different kinds of organizations. Uh, and Wonderland AI Summit is one of them. We're actually two years ago, I founded one of the most innovative AI events in the world. Uh, and we actually hosted a couple thousand of people on the event and hosted really big names um, and big players, uh, companies like uh, Facebook, Google, IBM, Mercedes, et cetera. And we actually opened a dialogue, like global dialogue discussion around artificial intelligence. The plan last year was to scale it significantly on a bigger like uh, level, but unfortunately Corona came and we needed to go into virtual space. Um, again, this year it is still like not uh, the best uh, and smartest move to, to, to organize like a physical event. And still also this year, we will have like Wonderland AI Summit as a, a virtual kind of event where we are expecting 2000 people, mm. 120 like speakers where we will have like top-notch investor funds like Atomic or Early Bird, Acel. Uh, startups will be able to pitch their own like ideas, what they are doing there, etc. And also, well, we will host really big, big names from companies like Samsung, PwC, Deloitte, um, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. 30,000 people community in five years. That's remarkable. How, how did you even begin to, to build that? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I got invitation a couple of years ago to join one, one community, which is called like CTAI. Uh, which is actually a global community focused on exactly like building like a proper network, uh, building like local ecosystems uh, in specific like cities, combined or, or, or like uh, augmented in, in, in one big like global network there. Um, and actually, I help that community to, to flourish and to expand uh, its own like presence. In this part of, 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 of world where I am, uh, I actually created seven like local like chapters. Um, and yeah, we started like talking about like problems or about like solutions, what's interesting, what's hot, etc. And AI is definitely definitely a sexy topic sure. these days. Yeah. And yeah. That, that actually discussion um, resulted that we, we have really um, motivated and proactive people who are interested to learn more about this uh, who are interested to, to help or, or to like um, implement some some AI in their own like applications, startups, companies, etc. Yeah, 
<laughs> congratulations on that. Like that's seriously impressive. I, I love I love hearing that ground up approach. I mean, that's it's amazing. That's that's awesome. Um, hey, tell me a little bit more about your nonprofit. We were talking about that offline, and I think that's it's phenomenal. It's a wonderful thing. So I want to hear a little bit more about that, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, yeah, this is for me a really important like topic. Uh, if you are talking of like from the philosophical kind of view about artificial intelligence. A lot of people are afraid because of this technology, but also uh, in a lot of cases, people are not maybe aware what AI could really bring to us, uh, where there are a lot of like problems in the areas where there are like thousands of people around us who are not capable to have like uh, life like we, we have or we do every single day there. Um, and my story is like emotional. It's like a personal story where my sister is a kid with a mental disability. And like when I was really young teenager, I started like putting different kind of questions in my head there. Uh, why this? Why that? What's the reasoning? Uh, how our brain is functioning? And actually that led me to start investigating artificial intelligence, etc. Wow. I think that AI is, is truly remarkable and it will actually deliver a lot of potentials in different kinds of areas. And that's why actually I started building one unique lab uh, for brain reasoning, for brain research, focused on actually developing technology for uh, assistive technology for kids with a mental disability. Uh, where our goal is actually to have like nonprofit like center that eventually will become some kind of a center of excellence where our focus will be how to understand like our brain and based on that to create artificial intelligence that will be augmented and it, that will be helpful in sense where people who are not maybe capable to, to listen, to see, or to understand some points with that technology will be on the same level like we are. And that is something that is really, really, really important with like Angelico Center. We want to like um, amplify like um, inclusion in a sense where like people with disability will have a chance to be, I, I, I believe, a truly productive uh, piece of our society in, in, in some sense. Um, and that's actually motivation around like uh, Angelico Center and everything, what we are building with that. Wow, good for you. That's, that's a beautiful story. Help me understand, I don't wanna leave this just yet. Help me understand what is your vision for kind of the before and after? You know, like what, so Chai, uh, by the way, I, I have, two adopted children that have special needs as well, men mental cognitive special needs. So I, this is something near and dear to my heart as well. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to better understand what your vision is for the before and after state of the way that, um, you know, their brains are processing information, et cetera. What do you, what do you hope to achieve? Sure. For example, let's talk about our initial project. We are focused on, on like kids with autism. Uh, we're right now in education kind of centers for those kids. Uh, you don't have really a personalized or, or tailored kind of a service in a sense where those kids 
will actually get like personalized, like uh, educational methodology that truly triggers their own kind of uh, um, activities mechanism in the head. Like, okay, you, you have some kind of a curriculum from some group of doctors, and then that is actually um, pushed to, to like kids to learn to work with that, etc. And that's not something that is truly uh, delivering like momentum where like those kids are learning there. What we are trying to, to, to do is actually based on some brain censoring um, and some artificial intelligence in domain of computer vision and natural language processing combined with like unique angelical educational methodology where we have like group of experts in defectology, in psychology, those kind of areas that are more domain like uh, specific with of course focus on, 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 on uh, kids and, and disability groups. We are capable to create like a process and educational like materials, like content that will truly create uh, like uh, some, some, some new value, okay? You will see that specific task is triggering their own like cognitive processes. And based on that, you will be able to measure, to mark, okay, this is working, this is not working. Oh. It's not going to be something that is like general purpose, uh, like focused. And with that, we truly believe that we will be able to, to, to create uh, uh, augmented service, uh, something that will expand uh, also knowledge, perspectives, also for doctors or, uh, and educators that are already doing uh, and helping kids there. Because also it's a really problem for, for, for those guys to really understand like every person and also physically it's it's not sustainable or or, or or capable they are not capable to 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 spend uh that much or, or that, that, that sum of time per individual there and with the technology uh, they will be capable to understand what's like going on in the real time or almost close to real time where based on that they will be able to calibrate their own kind of educational kind of a process to learn, to adapt, and, and to create something that will be a really a bullet that creates a value at the end. Wow. You know what I, I find interesting is you have a, a passion and a drive that, that, like, I haven't heard you once talk about, you know, what amount of money you're going to make or how rich you're going to get or whatever. It's like, I know that's a consequence of a successful business, right? That's a, a benefit of a successful business, but it seems like you're driven at a much deeper level than just merely making, you know, creating wealth for yourself. Why? Like what's, what's, what's at the root of, of this passion that I can hear? Yeah, um, that's something that is really important. If you're talking about the organization that actually I founded and people that I gathered, the most important aspects that we are looking in the people is actually passion. If you don't have passion for some, I know, things what you're doing, like problems that you want to solve, then your life probably will be pretty stressful because these days, like things are changing rapidly. Every single day you have something new, something where you need to adapt, like competitors will, will kill you if you don't actually deliver fast, etc. But if you're passionate about some, some problems where you tr truly believe in something, then that will create like momentum in your head where 
every single day you will be satisfied because you are trying to to to, to crack something that is huge there you are attacking attacking some problems which are super helpful and important for for our society and then magic happens then then you you actually start like communicating with others then you discover that in this world you also have like passionate people who are not talking about the money money for me is just like a result of a good value that you deliver at the end Mm -hmm. and if you find a problem and create a proper value you will have money that's not a problem at all like money you can find everywhere in the world i'm passionate about problems i'm passionate about discovering different kinds of ways how our society could be even more smarter where we will help those who are not maybe capable of helping themselves or society is not maybe focused on those kind of aspects and if you're talking about artificial intelligence that is as i said the, the, the most important innovation in human history and we need to find the ways how to create a good environment, good infrastructure where other people will be able to create some beautiful applications, some beautiful concepts, new kind of ideas, new algorithms. This is really important. You know, I think one of the most challenging problems that passionate founders face is scaling their passion, multiplying themselves. Because at the end of the day, you're, you're one man. There's only 24 hours in the day and you're probably going to sleep six or seven of those. You've got a family, yeah? Yeah. So you have other responsibilities, other priorities in your life. So the key, I think, to, to expansion or, or to, to further reach, to accomplish your, your mission, your purpose, your passion is amplifying yourself right? Which, which means to, to, to the point you made earlier, finding people that are passionate, that can deliver that even, and even better, like none of us know how long we have on this earth, right? Like we may, you and I may drop dead today. And it's like, well, like there's a sense of urgency that that compels me to like, I've got to move this vision forward, right? Like it has to, it can't be about me or not forever, right? Like it needs to grow beyond me. So how do you think of things like that, where you're, you're multiplying your efforts and driving people, you know, like, finding people that are, are, are driven and passionate? That's a tough question. Yeah, uh, the reason why I actually started building communities exactly because before that moment, I tried a couple of times to build like a startups and I failed. And the problem was in most of the cases, if I can extract like the, the, the most important like problems actually was a team or, or, or like people who are passionate enough about some, 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 some problems here. And in most of the cases, I had situation that I was the guy who is delivering the most in, in the conference room or for, for other kinds of points where, where, of course, if you're in a startup and you're trying to do something there, there is a lot of plenty of, of, of problems that you need to solve. Yeah. And I, I started like, I, I, I try once, uh, I try after that, I try after that, etc. And then I, I saw that if you start building like a community, there you will probably find people who will come after their own work to learn something new, 
to network with some people with some spe specific kind of uh, spirit. And probably there is a good chance to, to find someone with a similar kind of I know perspective uh, in this world. And actually that happened like two years ago. Uh, I, I organized one meetup here in Novi Sad and um, that was really like successful kind of a meetup. We have, I don't know, 70 people there. there. Uh, and at the end, one guy came to me and he wanted to, to discuss and he had like a friend with him on, 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 in that like space there. And that guy, like his friend, he didn't want to talk with me at all. Okay. <laughs> and I was smart. I, I bought a beer for like entire meetup, like all the participants there. there that go. was a really good growth hack for, for, for me. <laughs> and then I, I started talking with him. Okay. What you are doing? He said, okay, I'm creating some, some chip for like AI, something really small. I said, okay, I'm doing this and that. And there, actually, I met Stefan, who is one of the co-founders of, 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 okay. of Anari and entire like Moonland AI, where that guy was the first guy who really delivered what he promised, where he, prom he promised something on this level and then delivered something that is uh, above that significantly. And for me, it was like, okay, this is the first guy where I have some kind of, uh, I know, uh, level of communication that I'm looking for. And we started like building like Wonderland AI ecosystem, uh, Wonderland AI Summit uh, together. We created also Serbian AI Society, which is also a nonprofit, which is actually, uh, it's, it's gathering 180 top like researchers, entrepreneurs uh, that are in some connection with Serbia, where we have really top like people from like uh, DeepMind, from, from Cambridge, from, from I know, Berkeley, MIT, et cetera. And then we had tons of plans for, for like last year. <laughs> we started doing this and that. We actually onboard more than 60 people in our like uh, team there. And then Corona came. Mm -hmm. And literally like first day, uh, Stefan was part of uh, Continental. Actually, he was, he was a part of that company. And in the part time, actually, he was working with me at that point of time. Uh, and I succeeded to um, push him uh, to, to give a quit at, at that job. And it was really interesting that first day with like full focus on, 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 on Wonderland AI was the first day in Serbia where actually they announced like uh, this alert situation with COVID. Everything was closed. It was really <laughs> crazy. Literally 20, 20 projects that we had in the pipeline were like closed there. And we had like a struggle how to survive. Literally, we didn't have money to do. To, uh, we had money, money for like three months. We're like Anari actually uh, was built because we wanted to, to survive. I, I would say like that. Uh, and then actually Stefan said, okay, I have one really crazy guy who might be also a uh, really good like match for, for us here. And actually I met Bogdan last year, last year, the beginning of, 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 of uh, last year, where we started talking about like uh, Anari, we had idea to start uh, with more kind of a shallow steps um, to, to, to see, to try to validate the market, etc. And when I saw actually also like level uh, where Bogdan is, 
and what he actually he achieved uh, so far, I was amazed. That guy actually is more than 13 years in the hardware space. Hmm. Uh, he's holding a PhD um, in um, electrical engineering, hmm. which is not something that could be okay. Uh, it's not like a big deal at all. What is a big deal for him? Like three and a half, four years ago, uh, in his house, uh, small apartment, he started building a new language for chip design. Wow! Because he was pissed off with current kind of a toolkits, uh, which are pushed by like big guys, where nothing especially hasn't been changed in the last like 20, 30 years. And he was pissed off because he actually wanted something smarter. And you just can imagine one guy sitting in small apartment in Serbia saying, okay, all the big like uh, names in industry are bullshitting about like uh, the ways how things should be organized and how things are, 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 uh, are right now um, in the place there. And he started actually creating something uh, what, is, what is tomorrow uh, one, of big, one of the big, big aspects of, of, of Anari. And then actually we, we started building Anari and literally we incorporated our company in states like in October last year in, and in only three months, we succeeded to close like our seed round uh, led by early bird, one of the most uh, interesting or biggest like venture capital like companies in Europe. They are now famous because of IPO with UiPath. Hmm. Everything started like actually scaling exponentially. Yeah, never underestimate a, a determined Serbian PhD. <laughs> I love that, man. That's such a great story. I, you that's, know, so that's that's that momentum you, you ask about the quote yeah. on our website. That's that rebellion kind of spirit. Yeah, okay. Because man, you need like balls. You need you you need courage to to start doing those things. Okay, you need to have passion and you need to to have a really a different kind of mentality. To jump into those areas because it's really really painful mm -hmm. at the end it, it is really painful but if you have a passion then okay you can build some kind of a trade-off at the end yeah and obviously high agency thinking as well i mean he didn't like what currently existed so instead of just laying down and being like oh i guess i'll just accept this he's like no i'm going to come up with a better solution like that's now let me so here's what i, I find even more challenging it's hard enough to find co-founders uh, and the network idea is just absolutely brilliant. But how do you amplify this with your staff, especially as you scale that that principal agent problem, the uh, alignment of incentives? How do you think on that as you scale, where ideally everybody or nearly everybody in the organization has that same degree of passion? Yeah. That community kind of perspective, it's truly important for us. Uh, because uh, in my organization right now, I have 100 people, roughly. Uh, where uh, like non, let's say 80% or 70% of them are actually volunteering where I actually, uh, I'm not using that word at all in my organization. Um, I actually created like environment where kids and old people with talents and passion could build like their own dream job, okay? They, everyone, literally could come in Wonderland AI and ask, okay, do you have something for me? 
Okay. And then my answer is, okay, what you want to achieve in your life? Mm. Okay. What are the problems where you're passionate about? And then I see, okay, where that kind of a skill set is pluggable into our, in our ecosystem. And then actually what happened, uh, for example, I have entire team in Anari uh, where those kids, literally kids, actually were part of Online Day Summit uh, more than one year actually coming and volunteering for us because they they were truly passionate about our vision about our mission what we are mm-hmm. what, what we want to achieve and right now i have really like people who are really preaching our, our vision because um they truly believe in that not because I, I I told them, okay, this is our vision. You need to, to learn it by, your, by, by heart and tell everyone about it. They truly believe in that, okay? And then, okay, you have momentum. And that's how we are building like our internal capacities. And when you have like a team where most of the people or your entire team is, is breathing that vision, it's also really interesting when you have some external or new kind of a people that are actually joining that organization because mm. there is a, a principle called like a herding social principle called like herding where people will actually uh, align with with the values uh, that you have in the team and of course uh, at the beginning you in your recruiting kind of uh, activities uh, you will be looking for those kind of uh, uh, characters for those kind of a skill set for that kind of a mentality. It's so fascinating. I, I know this is like totally unrelated, but it reminds me like when we, we, we fostered children for 10 years and it's interesting because we would bring in children that were from a really rough environment and almost always they would assimilate to the culture of our home. And I think that same principle applies. And I think that's what you're saying is, is that there's that assimilation and it, it makes me like we, we have a staff of 40 now and it makes me a little anxious. Like, I don't know that I've done enough. It makes me concerned that I've not done enough to convey the vision and make sure that, especially as we grow, that the, you know, the sort of entry level staff understand that. I feel like our leadership team does, but I, I don't know that I can say that our entry level staff does. I feel like there's more that we could do in that space, you know? Yeah, this is like a really tough problem. For me, as a CEO of, of, of organization, the main goal is to how to build more leaders in my organization. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is my primary task to do. Mm-hmm. If I actually do it in a proper way, then my customers will be happy. We will have bottom-up innovation kind of cycle where really good ideas will be visible. People mm-hmm. will be really happy to share their own kind of angles. Yeah. For example, in Anari, every single kind of idea is challenged by entire team, okay? There is no kind of a hierarchies where, okay, I'm a CEO and I'm untouchable there, okay? Junior positions are capable of actually challenging every kind of a decision with the info they, they have, where, of course, I will answer with, with the facts because of this and that. But that is actually creating really a good... Uh, uh, feedback loop where with that you can really grow and, 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 and grow with a really quality kind of uh, uh, and healthy kind of uh, uh, fundamentals actually mm-hmm. blocks that tomorrow 
will be a good amplifier for for other kind of initiatives that you want to have there. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Let's let's finish up, wrap up. I want to talk to you a little bit about sales and relationship building. I want to talk to you about a lot more, but I know we're, we're short on time. But so let's talk about that a little bit. You, you have some background in sales and certainly, obviously, in relationship building. So how do you think of sales in general, and especially as it relates to, to building relationships with prospective clients? I think that these days people are not really good listeners. I think that's, that's one of the really big kind of problems. These days you have like, I know, bulls who are just saying their own story, stories, like you have a template, you have like a pitch there and just like talking about your own kind of a vision, your own product, etc. But magic happens when you really listen to your other party. And if you can do it in a proper way, it means that you can extract like the pain points. Um, then you will create empathy. You will create something that is really a healthy relationship and you will create trust. The biggest problems these days, of course, one of the biggest is, is, is how to create and build trust. And for sales is just like that, okay? If you have a customer who really, really trust in your own expertise, then it's easy for you to communicate. It's easy to suggest a new kind of a feature, functionality approach, etc. Uh, but I think everything comes from that listening like perspective. And one, what is really important also to maybe emphasize, uh, there are people who are listening, but listening how to respond properly, mm. which is wrong. I, I try to listen to understand. Okay, this is this is there. There is a good, like, difference between those kind of segments because when you're listening and and trying to create like your your response, your answer, then you are talking about your own kind of values, uh, about your own product, etc. And then probably you will not have some kind of effective uh, output that you want. But if you listen to understand, it means that you truly uh, care about like your own customer. It, it also uh, creates additional value where then you can uh, create all the pivots necessary in your own kind of uh, pitch or, or in your own product, et cetera. And it gives you like significantly better chance to, to create success. Wow. What causes you to feel like you're being listened to? What kind of feedback are, do you receive to, to feel like you're making that connection and you feel like that the person is genuinely listening to you? <laughs> That's a tough question. But yeah, um, you, you, you can feel it. Like I, know, I, I, I think that I have really strong empathy. I, I can mm. really feel other kind of a party. Mm. Uh, but from response from the answers, uh, you will see, okay, is he really bullish on his own kind of views? Is he open to um, see different kind of uh, I know, opportunities in some segments? Um, and also the, 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 the sometimes, or how would say pretty often uh, from my experience, you have situation that people are not maybe going on right level of abstraction and they're truly focused on some kind of details 
And then if we cannot connect our details properly, then there is a problem. But maybe if you abstract some, some, some elements, there is I know, potentials for different kinds of angles, different kinds of groups that, that could be integrated uh, significantly easier, where then you will actually go into details uh, how to do this and that. Of course, that is uh, dependable case by case. And of course you need to, to, to um, you will have different kinds of uh, like uh, cases. But sometimes I, I truly, truly feel that uh, you have a bunch of like sales guys who learn what are like the goods, like USPs for their own kind of a product. And then just, just saying about that, okay? And if you ask about some kind of a different kind of perspective, which is feasible, sometimes it's 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 it's, it's tricky to 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 understand or to go further from that from that position. Well, I know we need to land this plane, uh, Jovan. It's it's been a pleasure. I, I'm confident we could fill three or four episodes, or maybe a lot more than that. Um, I, I really appreciate your time. You shared an incredible amount of wisdom, and I particularly enjoyed this conversation. So thank you for your generosity and sharing your wisdom experience and in your time as well. Thank you for the invitation. It was a pleasure. And yeah, once again, thank you for, for having, having me here today.